Hello and welcome to an impromptu uh, session of the Fins Up podcast. I am your host tonight, Terry, and I am joined by my handsome colleague uh, once again, Sado Dan. How you doing, buddy? Mate, good, thank you. It's very good to be back. It is, and uh, slight change of plans this week because we've got a guest on uh, tonight. We have none other than the Rugby League Week Mole. How are you, Molly? Yeah, doing well, guys. Uh, a little bit concerned about uh, the state of the nation as far as... Uh, pandemics and rugby league and moving to Queensland and uh, coaches getting sacked. Uh, never a dull moment, that's for sure. No, that's it. That's why we love this game. So let's jump into it straight away. Obviously, you're the man on the ground and everyone loves you. Um, what have you heard about the coronavirus and how is that going to move us or what's going to change in the game? Well, the NRL's worried. There's no doubt, and, and so they should be. We've already seen uh, Victoria and all sorts of strife and the, the storm move up to Queensland. Uh, and now, of course, the, the big fear is that uh, uh, we've got these hot spots uh, out west uh, of uh, Sydney, uh, which is where most of the clubs in Sydney are based. Uh, you know, we're talking around uh, Tiger Territory, uh, even fringing on Bulldog Territory, Panther Territory, Tigers Territory. A lot of these guys, uh, if they don't train out there, they live out there or their families live out there. And, um, you know, it's just a question of uh, of whether they can contain this spread because uh, if they can't, it's, it's bad news for us all. And uh, that's why the NRL's even looking at uh, relocating the, the whole comp to Queensland, which is a pretty drastic move. And, of course... Uh, the problem is Queensland might not want us. Mate, turning a negative into a positive, though, if we put some cameras up, like Big Brother style, and get all the players up to Queensland, wouldn't NRL Ireland be, like, the greatest thing of all time? <laughs> it would be. I even suggested keep going north and go all the way to Bali. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to go uh, somewhere nice... Let's go to Bali. What could go wrong there? Yeah, no, oh, nothing, nothing whatsoever. And you know, you talk about these hot spots. The so, uh, there was someone in Cronulla, and there's the um, potential of twenty eight to, to fifty cases around Cronulla now. And we all know the you know it's a it's a place where all the NRL players house themselves. Aiden Tolman had to go into two week isolation because his his son went to a school where the teacher infected another class. So. I, I do, you know, I, I didn't even think about it today, but um, the, the minute, you know, Dan and I started talking, we were like, well, what's going to happen? So who better to ask than yourself, mate? Um, if, there, if there is the talk going to Queensland, though, what's what's that going to mean? Is it going to be, are they just going to play out of the three stadiums or is there talk about the island that was that was um, once suggested? Well, guys, like a lot of these things, the, the NRL is basically taking it minute by minute. I mean... Uh, Things are changing so fast with all this, and uh, as I said, there, there is a real chance with this um, Queensland Premier. She she's proven, you know, a, a very tough cookie so far. She might just say, "No, sorry, we, we're closing the borders again." And in which case, uh, I'd, I'd say the the comp is in real danger of uh, stalling, stopping, um, you know, being put on hold, whatever. So uh, the, the, there's really no solution at the moment. I, I think they're just looking at, at several potential uh, outcomes. Probably, probably the most uh, realistic is going up to either North Queensland, uh, the Gold Coast or uh, Brisbane or a combination of all three. Yeah. Is New Zealand like a shout? I heard someone mention it in jest earlier, but they haven't had a case over there for two weeks. 
Yeah, that's true. But again, um, you know, will New Zealand let us in? Uh, you know, they might say, well, we're doing fine. Do we want uh, 500 people from uh, Australia where, you know, apparently the, the second wave has started? Uh, do we want them invading our shores? Because, uh, you know, we, we've seen the consequences of this uh, second wave starting. And uh, again, the, uh, the, the uh, New Zealand Prime Minister Jessica Ardern, she's she proved very tough through all this, and uh, you know she's got a country through it. So for the sake of rugby league, she'll probably say no. Look, the the Queensland Premier has let in the Melbourne Storm, though. So if she's going to let in those scumbags, surely she lets everyone else in. <laughs> well, yeah, but they got Cameron Smith. He yeah. probably had a word in her ear. Look, do you, do you trust Peter Volandis to make the right decision on what's going to happen? Guys, I've got to say, I've never met Peter Volandis, but. I mean, you look at what he's achieved. I think if we were under the old administration, uh, we'd still be sitting on our hands and we wouldn't have any footy. So, you know, I, I doubt it all along uh, his May 28 uh, restart. And I went on record as saying that. And uh, I've had to go on record and apologise to him. And, and you know, I've, I've got nothing but praise from him. I think he's, he's made a couple of little mistakes along the way as far as punishment for players who've been caught out doing the wrong thing. I think he was a little bit too lenient. Uh, and I don't think he's fixed the bunker yet, but uh, I don't think anyone could fix the bunker. So, uh, you know, apart from that, he, he gets more than the pass, Mark. He, he's doing pretty well. Yeah, we're, we're, we're big fans of Peter Volandis on this show here. Now, we, we have seen that you were quite critical of the bunker on the weekend, Molly. There, there were some terrible decisions. Uh, talk me through your favourite one from the weekend, though. Oh, gosh, it's just, it just makes me angry, you know. Like, uh, and, and I said this on, on Twitter, you can take a, a poor old referee. Now we've only got one guy out there and uh, he's not getting much help from his touch judges who are actually not touch judges, but uh, referees turned in the touch judges. So you can understand him making a mistake in the heat of the moment. But, uh, you know, the, these guys in the bunker... They get 10 views on it on a, on a high-definition uh, television and they still press the wrong button. So, you know, you, you just wonder. I, I, I guess the one that has to take the cake is the uh, the one that uh, Graham Annesley apologised for where uh, Paul Simonson from the uh, Raiders was sin-binned. Uh, you know, two guys going for the ball. Everyone could see it was a fair contest. He was the bigger guy. He pushed the small Storm player out of the way as they were both going for it and... Uh, got a thin bend and uh, it played a big, big factor in the uh, determination of the match, yet uh, we don't see the uh, the video ref dropped because, uh, you know, we don't have enough video refs. So it's a, it's a real problem. I'm sure you guys could go in there and do a better job. I know I could. Oh, yeah. thanks so much. We'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Look, Dan and I are very, very critical. The, the one for me, though, that, that really got me was the um, Hetherington from, from the Warriors, how they ruled that to be a no-try. I... I'm still baffled as to, to how that was given a no-try at the moment. Yeah, and a few of my followers on Twitter from New Zealand have been saying, OK, the, uh, the Raiders got an apology. Where's our apology? Yeah, and exactly. I've, I've got to agree with them. And, um, guys, it, it's, a, it's a worrying situation because the people in New Zealand feel that they're the poor relations of the NRL, you know, that, that some clubs are treated differently to others. You know, the, the, the big-name Sydney clubs, 
definitely get a, a, a better run. The Broncos as well, the Storm. And, uh, you know, you, you see things like this and, and you've got to think, well, maybe it's not just paranoia. Maybe these guys have, have got a point. And, of course, the, the, the other thing, probably you asked me before my my refereeing low light of the weekend was the fact that the uh, the poor old Warriors went through 80 minutes without getting a penalty. Now, now that's just ridiculous. That that just shows that, that you know, uh, uh, people put up the referees are cheats. We know they are not cheats. They are not on the take. But that shows me that they were only watching one team. There's no way a team can play a perfect game of football, let alone the Gold Coast, who are... Uh, as we know, are far from the perfect team, yet they go through 80 minutes without conceding a penalty. To, to me, that was just ridiculous. I agree there. Um, before I ask you about the Warriors, just to play devil's advocate a bit, um, regarding the bunker, people have been calling for it to be scrapped. But on the weekend, um, Bryson Goodwin dropped the ball about four metres before the try line, and it was sent up as a try. So I don't know if abolishing it is quite the right thing. But um, speaking of your boys, the Warriors, um, has the NRL done enough to, like, make up for their sacrifice. I mean, they're, they're pretty much saved the competition. Have we done enough, like, with cap and loans, or, or can is there more that we can really do? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't know what, what they can do. Uh, you know, rival clubs have, have lent them a couple of players, but, of course, rugby league being the game that it is, they've, they've given them players that, that they don't really want. It's, it's, it's not as if uh, the Cowboys are going to give them Jason Tomalolo or, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, Manly Seagulls give them one of the uh, Trebojevich brothers. So uh, uh, it's, it's tough on them. I know they've really tried to help their families. Uh, I've spoken to a couple of the wives of the players and they're saying, you know, the, the NRL should helping them financially, they're helping them look after their kids because the, their dads are away, um, you know, as far as babysitters. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing their best, but you you still got to feel a lot of sympathy for the Warriors, don't you? Because it's going to be a long, hard season for them. We already know they're not going to make the eight, so they're really just making up the numbers. And that's what made me so angry the other day. I mean, that was a game that they really should have won. Uh, the the Titans got home on a, a flum of a try, really, where a, a, a moment of magic from um, uh, I've got a blank, uh, Tyrone Peachy, where yeah. he uh, flicked flicked the ball back in from a kick that that went too far, and uh, Sam Stone uh, dived on it, and that that ended up proving the difference. Had the Warriors won that game, I think that would have given them something like uh, three out of five wins. Yeah post-COVID, which would have been remarkable considering uh, in this period they've also sacked their coach. Yeah, that was, that was a bit of a harsh one on there. Um, now, moving on to yourself, um, and, and we all know that you love going on Twitter and social media about uh, transfer rumours and stuff. So we've got a couple of questions from our, our listeners about um, player signings, and most of your rumours that you get, do they come from players' clubs or the players' managers? Uh, guys, it's it's a real mixture. Sometimes it's, it's fans uh, who, who are in the know. Uh, sometimes it's it's the players themselves. Sometimes it's uh, managers. Sometimes it's people on the coaching staff. But, but I've got to be honest. Most of the time, it'll it'll be the players concerned, the girlfriend, second cousin's brother. You know, yeah. like. Uh, People often say to me, oh, it's a secret no one knows. But uh, there, there are no secrets in rugby league. Uh, uh, players tend to 
blab things to their families, their families blab things to their mates, and uh, eventually it gets out. And that, that, that that's the way a lot of these stories are broken. Uh, the, the trick is to uh, uh, distinguish between the ones that are fact and the, the ones that are fiction. I've, I've had plenty of people uh, telling me, you know, for the last uh, couple of months that this bloke was going to this club and this bloke was going to that club and it hasn't happened and uh, luckily I haven't gone with it. So uh, you, you just got to be very careful with which uh, sources you trust and which ones you don't. Yeah, and, and just following up on that, do clubs put pressure on journos to force moves? Because just as, as, a, as an example that we've got written down here, James Hooper wrote an article every day until Josh Morris was released from the Sharks to go to the Roosters. So is that something that clubs do or is that just an agenda from Hoops to get Morris out? Uh, I would say on a um, on a situation like that, maybe I'm, I'm a little naive, but, but I think most journos don't have agendas. What, what they do have is um, uh, a fair knowledge of, of what's going on in the game. Like, I think he would have known that uh, eventually Josh Morris was going to go, so he uh, he sort of maybe pushed the envelope a bit. It's a bit like the, the, the same journal, James Hooper, kept writing uh, Bateman was going back to, the, or was leaving the Raiders and asking for release. Bateman kept denying it. Well, uh, we, we know who, uh, who won that battle. Uh, Hooper stuck to his guns. Uh, when a journo knows they're right, uh, you know you you uh, stick to it. You you, you don't uh, back down. Uh, I, I had a similar situation last year when uh, I wrote that Gareth Whitup was uh, going to leave the Dragons and go back to England, and his dad got on Twitter and gave me an absolute gobful and and uh, said that you got no idea, Molly. He's staying at the Dragons. He's very happy. Well, a week later, uh, you know, lo and behold. Uh, Gareth Widdop back to the UK, and uh, I haven't heard from uh, Mr. Widdop. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, would you? <laughs> I was going to say. Um, speaking of um, journos with agendas, uh, you made Buzz Rothfield. Um, I don't actually have a follow-up question. I just want to have a little stab, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your What's your favourite footy story you've ever been involved in? And, and I know today you said that you scored your thousand your thousand thousandth try in touch footy, but. What's your favourite story you've been around in rugby league? Uh, guys, I've, I've got to say, the, the one that gave me the, the greatest satisfaction, and it's, a, it's one a, a bit out of left field, and, and it's also a bit like the uh, the Josh Morris one you mentioned. Uh, about uh, 10 or so years ago, uh, there, there was a guy playing at, um, at uh, the Dragons reserve grade, uh, Ray Cashmere, and uh, he was on little money. He was working in a coal mine. And at the same time, the, the Tigers were, were desperate for a front rower. So they said to the Dragons, can we have this bloke? You know, we'll give him decent money, give him a career, get him out of the coal mine, make him a, fir- a first-grade footballer. And uh, the Dragons said no. And uh, I sort of got on to this story. And, and, and as Zoops did, I, I just kept hammering on. I said, it's just not fair to not give this guy an opportunity. Uh, you know, it's a bit like uh, the situation with the Panthers now with uh, Trent Barrett. Like, uh, they could dig their heels in and say, no, we're not We're not going to let him coach the Bulldogs. But, you know, you, you give a guy an opportunity when it comes up. Uh, anyway, I, I just kept putting pressure. I kept writing stories. I kept tweeting. And eventually, uh, the, uh, the Dragons, to their credit, relented. Uh, they let Ray Cashmere go. He became a, a full-time footballer at the Tigers. 
he's got to try on his first game uh, for the Tigers. And uh, Ray Cashmere, if you know him, he didn't score many tries, but uh, he, he got to finish his career on his own terms uh, as an NRL player, and he's been forever grateful to me. And uh, it, it was a real, you know, a, a pleasure for me to be able to help a guy and write a sort of feel-good story at the time. Yeah, that's really good. Mate, speaking of touch football, who's the better touch football player, Sean Johnson or yourself? Uh, there's no contest, sadly. I mean, I'm, to be honest, I've never seen Sean play touch, but I've seen him play uh, uh, nines and sevens, and uh, you know that that's his footy, isn't it? If he could play that every week, he'd he'd, he'd be the the game's best player. But uh, having said that, he's about forty years younger than me, so uh, I've got I've got an excuse there, mate. If, you, if you've racked up a thousand tries today, Sean ain't done that. So yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to back you, mate. Even at your age, I'll back you in. Yeah, but let's uh, let's give Sean uh, a chance. Uh, let's let's see where he's at at sixty-one, uh, yeah. which is what my uh, age is. Uh, <laughs> and now, admittedly, m- most NRL players uh, once they have their boots, their their bodies are just about done, and and that's probably my secret why I can keep going. I I never had an NRL career, so I've got two knees that uh, are still my own. Uh, my hips aren't too bad. Uh, I've got pretty dusty uh, hamstrings and calves, but. Uh, I know you you don't want to know my uh, uh, injury history, so <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Brilliant. You got us beat, mate. Hey, um, I've seen on Twitter that you post pictures wearing, say, the Roosters gear and the Sharks gear, etc. Um, why is the Sharks gear your favourite? Uh, I couldn't say the Sharks gear is my favourite. Uh, I just sort of... Uh, go to my cupboard and, and pick out a jersey at random. Uh, if I if I had to pick one, it would probably be the, the mighty West Ham United in uh, the UK. I'm a, I'm a huge Hammers fan. Uh, and being a Hammers fan this year is kind of like being a Warriors slash Sharks slash Dragons slash Broncos fan uh, combined. It's been a, a horror season. They actually had a good win on the weekend over the last place team, Norwich. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's still a battle for survival. I, I think they'll just survive, but uh, I wear their shirt in hope. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see you branch out into to lots of different sports as well. and You're always posting your mighty irons up there. Um, now, we'll, we'll move into to something else which causes a little bit of a stir on, on Twitter at times. But you actually wrote Todd Carney's book. How did that come about and... And were, were there things that you had to leave out of the book or were there things that you said to Todd it's probably best not putting in there or or was this a tell-all? Did, did everything come out? Did all the skeletons come out of his closet? Uh, guys, uh, an awful lot came out, let's put it that way, because uh, Todd, as we know, had a, a very colourful career. Uh, it came about, we, we sort of got to know each other. He, um, I, I was living in Coogee at the time. I'm, I'm now on the northern beaches, but uh, uh, he was in the same neck of the woods. Uh, we had a few coffees and uh, we, we, we decided to, to give it a crack. The, the, the one thing I'll, I'll say about Todd is that he, he's always put his hand up and, uh, you know, when he's done something wrong and, and a lot of his, his coaches and chief execs confirmed that. He'd, he'd walk into the office the, the next morning after an incident on the drink and say, hey, uh, I've got to admit, I did this, you know, whereas uh, a lot of modern-day players, they'll uh, either say nothing, uh, hoping it goes away, and sometimes it is swept under the carpet, uh, and other times it comes out later, and, uh, you know, uh, the players are caught out either denying or lying, um, 
And uh, the other question you asked was everything in there. Uh, I put everything in there, but the uh, the lawyers pulled little bits and pieces out because uh, Todd, uh, as you know, had a court case with the Sharks. Uh, he, he got a payout from them. That's no secret. But there are a few uh, little uh, non-disclosure items in there. So uh, we, had, we had to leave bits and pieces out. But uh, apart from that, there are plenty of atrocities, plenty, plenty of drama. And uh, uh, for those who like Married at First Sight, uh, a little bit about his uh, girlfriend Susie, who he's uh, still with. Yeah, right. Yeah, look, I, I read the book over uh, Christmas and then in lockdown I read it again and it just sort of made me angrier because, you know, obviously Dan and I are Sharks fan and Todd was with us and that was the straw that broke the camel's back when when the bubbler incident came out. And, and I know you've been, you know, pretty vocal about players getting second chances for, for lesser things, but do you, do, you under, do you agree, like, that the NRL had to make a stand with him or do you think that their, their punishment's a bit too harsh for him at the moment? Well, I agree they, they had to make a stance, but uh, they virtually banned him for life uh, for, you know, the the infamous uh, bubbler prank. And, and that's all it was. It was a, a stupid prank, and, and yes, he shouldn't have done it. But, I mean, we've had guys who've been to jail uh, for drugs, for, for bashing people, uh, for beating their wives, uh, coming back into the game after a couple of years. Uh, now, Todd never played in NRL game again after uh, the bubbler basically he, he uh, was out of the game for a while then he went to France and finished there and uh, so he, he, it's always a, a bit of a bugbear of mine that uh, I, I think they overreacted yes he, he was a serial offender but they were all, all relatively minor offences uh, when you put them up against those other ones that I've just listed uh, that, that you know we all know the guys responsible I'm not going to name names again but uh, there have been some pretty unsavory incidents in in rugby league I mean just uh, in in the last 24 hours we've, we've seen these two Bulldogs players who uh, had uh, sexual relationships with schoolgirls uh, uh, after a uh, you know sanctioned NRL visit uh, they're straight back in. So uh, I've got to say, he has been a bit hard done by. That's a fair call. Yeah, we both agree. Um, a couple of years ago, the Sharks came close to signing Ben Hampton. Do you know exactly how close that was to being done? Uh, it was pretty close. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, he uh, he came close to, to coming to terms. He, he's a handy player, Ben Hampton, because he fits in just about anywhere in the back line and... Uh, played for the Cowboys last weekend. I've got to say, his form hasn't been great of late. Uh, and I think he was uh, marking up locally, scored about four or five tries. So uh, I, I wouldn't worry too much at the moment about uh, the one that got away there. Oh, mate, we had Nene McDonald let a rookie score four on him. So <laughs> we, we know how Ben Hampton feels. <laughs> has, uh, speak, speaking of the, the Penrith game, has, um, has the NRL came out and apologised to Penrith for the performance that the Sharks put in on the weekend or what? That was that was terrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, and we've seen a few performances like that, haven't we? And mm. I I think it's it's partly due to COVID, the, the fact that uh, you know players had that long break. Some of them probably aren't as fit as they should be. Uh, some of them probably aren't uh, mentally right in there. But I, I think the other big thing is the, uh, the the rule change, which I think are good. Yeah. But this, uh, this six again, uh, uh, teams just can't handle it. A lot of defensive sides. You see a team get six again, and it's like the defensive team virtually puts their hands up, and it's it's 
all too hard, and uh, that's why we're getting these blowouts. But uh, you know, I, I guess that's the you know the the, the price we've got to pay um, for, for these changes. But as I said, for me, it, it means a faster game of football, less penalties. Uh, you know, uh, team scoring tries. So overall, it's a pretty good thing. Mm. My favourite thing on Twitter was your first try score up bets. There was a, there was a couple of weeks there where you you couldn't miss. Like honestly, do you keep a ledger? Like are you in front overall or about even? Uh, I've sort of given up first try scores because uh, we do live in a nanny state, as you guys know. And uh, a few people got on my back, and and my old mate Buzz was one of them, saying, uh, you know, I'm promoting gambling. So I, I decided, well. I'll give it away. Now, there, there was one infamous Saturday where, uh, Super Saturday, I, I tipped uh, all three winners, and uh, that, that, that wasn't bad. But uh, I think overall I'm probably a, a little bit behind. Uh, but I, I will say one thing, even though I'm not... Um, I'm not uh, putting them uh, on the public domain. I did back uh, Hamlin the Welly uh, two weeks in a row uh, oh, to score the first try for your Sharkies, and that was paying like $31, $41. So uh, I'll take that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then, now you talk about that, how you know we do live in the nanny state. It, what, what's it like when you put something out there, you put an opinion out there, and obviously you've got 144,000 followers. What, what's the backlash like? How do you deal with it? Because I imagine sometimes your phone must just be going off and you're reading some of the replies. And obviously, I've sent some shitty things to people in the past as well. But does it ever just get too much? Do you ever feel like just giving it up? or Guys, yeah, there, there are times where you feel you just cannot win. Like, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll put something up uh, that I think is, you know, a, a, a good, nice, feel-good story or a factual story. Or I'll put up a, a you know, I, I, I can say a player's dropped the ball and uh, people will say, oh, you you know, this guy has mental health issues. How can you say he dropped the ball? You know, it, it just seems it, we have become such a, uh, such a nanny state. And what, what particularly does annoy me uh, is that situation, like, like I mentioned before, with the Gareth Widdop Gareth story where a, a player will deny a story, a story that I pretty much know is right and then the fans of course side with the player I get absolutely hammered for two weeks a month and then all of a sudden oh gee you know he, he's gone to the Sharks so um, you know then, then I fire back but uh, yeah it's it's a very nasty world of the Twitter world and, and that's why you've probably noticed a lot of players have just got off it if you go back 12 18 months uh, we had quite a few players on it but now it's only the, the ones with uh, very thick skins that are still on it hey, what do you think about players hosting podcasts yeah I mean uh, it, it's good uh, I know uh, we keep we keep going back to the sharks but Chad Townsend who's, who's a lovely fellow he uh, He's got a, a bit of a following. Uh, he, he's a smart, uh, very savvy, uh, tech-savvy guy. And he, he takes the fans behind the scenes at the Sharks. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's some interesting stuff there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see because, well, let's face it, all, all these guys uh, have limited lifespans in the game. They're not all going to get jobs at Channel 9 or Fox. So, uh, you know, it's good to see them branching out and uh, getting a bit of a following. And uh, hopefully when they finish their careers, they can uh, use that for, um, you know, their own benefit. Do you, do you think you should take up podcasting full-time? 
Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're not we're not fans of the yeah Chad, we're, we're not fa- fans of Chad Townsend. <laughs> oh yeah, why is that? Oh, he's just he's pretty ordinary. <laughs> We're, we're very spoiled, um, mate. Your Channel Nine stuff, I love reading it, but I got to admit, I do, I do miss the um, the column in the Rugby League Week. Um, is there any chance we'll ever see anything like that again? Well, guys, uh, I mean, you you look at magazines around the world, and uh, you know they're they're just a dying breed. Uh, and not only have we lost Rugby League Week, but recently we lost Big League. So you know, it, it, it's hard to believe, but you know, sport popular as rugby league does, doesn't have a, a, a newspaper or a, well a magazine or a periodical or anything and uh, there's one simple answer for that in my opinion and that's that people just don't read anymore you know you, all, all people do is, is look at their phones uh, troll the internet and uh, they won't pay five dollars a week for uh, a magazine when when there's so much free stuff out there on fox on wide world of sports uh, on their TVs, on their radios, on podcasts. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the world has changed, as we know, and uh, magazines have, have become dinosaurs. They're pretty much irrelevant. So, uh, short answer, no, I don't, I don't think Rugby League Week will be back, very sadly. So, so what are you what are you doing now? When, when Rugby League closed down, what, what have you, like, where, where are your irons sitting at the moment? Well, when uh, when we went into COVID and uh, the game stopped, uh, Channel Nine uh, reluctantly let me go. And uh, when the game started again, they uh, rehired me. So that, that that was a bit of a um, you know a nice uh, nice gesture from them. Uh, and for a while, I was on ScoMo's uh, job keeper. So uh, you know, desperate times call for for desperate measures. But basically. Uh, Fans have got a hunger for league, you know, 52 weeks of the year. I, I find, if anything, that the hunger is greater in the uh, off-season because there's no footy being played, uh, you know, and everyone wants to know. The, the, the question I get asked most by fans, uh, and you'll, you'll see it on Twitter, you know, who is my club going to sign? So... I, I'm writing uh, all summer and, and answering that question because that's when a fair few of the trades go on. Although uh, you know, a, lo- a lot of players sign contracts four months ahead of time, but that, that's uh, a whole other subject. <laughs> yeah, I, I have found this year. I know, I know, with everything going on, it's difficult. There, just aren't the rumours. There aren't the players off contract and stuff. But the big one, David Fafita, does he stay a Bronco? I would say yes. Uh, the the Titans are throwing big money at him, but uh, I, I think when he sits down with his family, his friends, he, uh, you know, his advisors, they'll say, well, look, uh, you go to the Titans, you're not going to play finals football, uh, you're going to get beaten plenty of times. Uh, now, the Broncos, admittedly, they're hardly setting the world on fire, but, I mean, Brisbane's a super club, uh, you know, probably the strongest club in the in the game in terms of, of resources and that, and I think in three or four years when all these good young players, they've got, uh, you know, all mature together, uh, there'll be a, a force to be reckoned with again. So uh, for, for the sake of uh, a little bit of money, because don't worry, the, the Broncos will throw plenty at him, uh, I think it's worth staying uh, at a very strong club. Yeah, the, the Titans are putting a nice pack together. They've signed Herman SASA and that Tino fellow with the world's longest surname from Melbourne. Um, you know, you only get one career and... If, if the two clubs fighting over you are no closer to a premiership, surely you take the money for three or four years and then 
you know, try and get yourself at a club who looks like they're going to win a Premier League. The Roosters will come and get him. Yeah, well, that's true too. Um, and I uh, wrote a story early in the year that the Roosters were interested. I, I think they've dropped off basically because of their uh, their salary cap and uh, try not to snigger when I say that. But uh, <laughs> I think they've they, they just got too many big names. They've got to fit in there. Uh, Jared Woodrow Hargrave's still doing the job for them. Uh, he re-signed at the end of last year. So, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've got uh, a representative pack. Uh, uh, they've got a few guys with unpronounceable names who are, are coming through as well. So, uh, you know, they've, they've got a very strong squad. I mean, we saw the other day they had about six players out and, and still had a, a massive win. So, uh, you know, if, if you had to pick a team to win the comp now, which uh, I guess the question you're going to ask me, I, I would say Roosters for the three beats for sure. You know, they've, they've just got so much uh, depth and so much quality. And, uh, you know, at the moment it's survival of the fittest, isn't it? I yeah. mean, Manly was going great guns. Then Turbo Tom uh, went down and they haven't won a game since. So it's, it's about keeping your players healthy. So anything could happen. But if... Uh, you know, the Roosters could get Kiri and Tedesco and the like uh, on the field. They, they're going to be pretty hard to beat. It's something that came out today in the players' poll. 83% of players that were polled said yes to a 17th team. Um, with, with the cap you mentioned, like there's players at the Roosters that can't make the run-on squad that would walk into the Titans or Broncos right now. Do you, do you think expansion's going to happen anytime soon? Uh, I think Volandis has, has put it on the agenda and, and I think uh, there's definite scope for it. I mean, you, you see a bad game and people say, you know, how, how can we have another team uh, another team in the NRL when we've got, you know, these two teams playing dreadful football? But to me, that that's a flawed argument. I, I think, as you guys uh, do, there, there, there's enough talent to go around and I'm all for growing the game. Now, uh, I'd love to see a team on the Central Coast. I'd, I'd love to see a second Brisbane team because I, I, I think uh, the demographics will, will support it. Uh, I, I'll tell you what the problem is. It, it, it's the, the clubs themselves. Uh, if you can imagine the, the, the money they receive being uh, a big pie, at the moment they all get one sixteenth of that pie. That's the, the TV money, the merchandise money and all this sort of thing. If there's an extra team, uh, they get one seventeenth of the money. Uh, so we, we, we're not talking a, a massive difference, but we're talking probably you know a few hundred thousand. And uh, uh, I'm sure it won't come as a shock to you that uh, rugby league clubs are, are pretty selfish and so they, they're just uh, trying to look after their own patch of ground and uh, as a result, they don't want the extra team. So it's, it's going to be a bit of a uh, bun fight between Mr. Valencia in the clubs, and uh, we'll see who wins. Mate, I agree. I, I'd like 17th team, but as you said, it may may not happen straight away. Um, the Dragons look like they're clearing out at the moment. Every player is linked with a, a um, an exit. Do you think McGregor will see out the season, and is there any chance that Flanagan will get put back before he serves his ban? Uh, I don't think so, because uh, the, the NRL have been quite... Uh, vocal in the, in the fact that Flanagan will have to uh, serve out his ban and it, I think it sends a bad message you know he's he's been caught cheating uh, twice and, and banned and to be allowed back simply because uh, the Dragons are having trouble winning games uh, you know I, I just think that that sends a, a very poor message and that there are those who say he's coaching the Dragons now anyway or certainly taking the leading hand which he may well be doing but 
uh, uh, as far as McGregor goes, I think you'll see out the season. Uh, he's had a couple of wins. They, they had a good win over the uh, Seagulls the other day. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't think he's as bad a coach as people make out. I, I think some of these players have, have got to have a, a good look at themselves. Uh, and it's the big names, uh, the likes of... Uh, Corey Norman and, and Ben Hunter aren't producing week in, week out. Uh, I thought James Graham uh, gave 100%, but he, his body was really starting to show signs of, of wear and tear, and that's one reason why he, uh, he went home. They, they've had the, the, the Jack DeBellin thing ha- hanging over their heads, uh, and they've had injuries uh, to guys like Tariq Sims. So, you know, they, I mean, every club's got excuses, but, uh, you know, there's certainly more going on at the Dragons than uh, Paul McGregor not being able to coach. Yeah, right. Now, spe- speaking of coaches, what's Jeff Toovey got to do to get a look in at, at one of these NRL clubs? Yeah, well, Toovey's uh, put his hand up and, and said he's, he's certainly keen. Uh, I think, uh, guys, you, you know how actors sometimes... Uh, get typecast in certain roles uh, uh, like Jerry Seinfeld will always be Jerry Seinfeld I think Tooze will always be a manly man I, th- I think that's could be his problem I mean he he was a, a, a one club player uh, one club coach and uh, you know it's a, it's a bit of a, a stretch I guess for, for some clubs to see him uh, moving uh, I, think, I think he still lives in, in this area the, the northern beaches so uh, you know he, he sort of paid the uh, the price for his own success at Manly. Mate, 2016, the greatest year of all time. Where were you when the Sharks won the Premiership? And was there ever any real... Like, did you hear anything about any chance that we were ever going to lose that? <laughs> well, guys, uh, as you probably know, for, for a while I was living after you in the USA. So I was uh, actually watching uh, that game in the Deep South at 4 o'clock in the morning in my pyjamas. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's one I won't, I won't forget in a hurry and uh, I was cheering for uh, the Sharks uh, uh, even though I uh, I do also like the Storm but I, it was such a historic night uh, and uh, yeah look there, there were whispers weren't they about uh, the Sharks not being uh, compliant as far as the salary cap and the like goes but uh, realistically uh, I, I, I probably never thought they were going to get stripped but then I never thought the Storm would get stripped at two comps either so well, one thing about rugby league it, it, it keeps dishing up the surprises yeah and uh, look we, we won't hold you too much longer Molly but the the current state of the game we know you don't like the video referee we touched on it do you prefer the one or two refs and and how do you see the game coming on the other like coming out of the other side of COVID do you think we'll get back to the two referees or do you think they'll stay, stick with the one ref and the six again what what are your predictions for the future yeah guys I, I, I don't uh, have a, any strong thoughts one way or another as far as the one ref or, the, or two perhaps go back to two in that there's so much pressure now on this one referee like uh, the, the the thing about the new rule with the six again it, it, it's a massive e- e- extra burden on the ref's shoulders because as, as we know he, he could have watered probably three or four times in, in a set of six so uh, you know vir- virtually every tackle we're still seeing a bit of argy bargy a bit of wrestling a bit of hands on the ball and uh, it really makes it hard for the referee maybe if the second ref if that's his sole job um hey i've just come up with an idea there haven't i <laughs> there we go 
We love it. This the is what this podcast is about. Train market. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make the second ref the six again, man. And uh, the first ref can, can worry about other stuff we, we're falling down with, like forward passes, uh, what's a knock on and what's a knock back, because a lot of refs still seem to get that wrong. And, uh, you know, uh, give them those designated areas and uh, maybe we'll see, uh, you know, less mistakes out in the middle. Hey, last question from me. Can anyone outside the current top four challenge? I don't think so. Uh, but then again, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's survival of the fittest. If uh, you know the Roosters suddenly lose three of their best players, uh, you know they're, they're going to struggle to be in it. But uh, at, at the moment, it, it looks like the Roosters, the Storm, the Eels, and the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, have I left anyone out? I, I no, think that's it. The, that's it. I, 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 I think our winner will will come out of that, but. Uh, again, if, if Nathan Cleary makes another TikTok video and uh, <laughs> get, gets suspended for the grand final, uh, you know you can forget about the Panthers. So uh, you know, I, I, and that of course is, is, is the other uh, problem. Uh, if uh, a, a player uh, breaches COVID and uh, is suspended or, or is you know sat out for a few weeks, uh, you know his team's going to struggle. We, we've already seen that a few times. So. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty. It'd be great if we uh, had a fairy tale and, and, and a dark horse, uh, you know, a Tigers or a Rabbitohs uh, made a run. And, and some of these clubs are, are capable of, of knocking over the big teams. It's a question of, of whether they can finish fifth or eighth and do it. But, uh, you know, it's happened before. So, uh, you know, 2020 is the, the year of surprises. So maybe we've got a few more in store. Yeah, last question for you, mate. Who's your all-time favourite rugby league player? Oh, very tough one, isn't it? Uh, uh, I've got to say, of the current bunch, I just love the way Caelan Ponga plays. I I think he's an absolute freak, a a, a wizard. Uh, uh, The other guy I I admired, and I was really sad to see him go down, was uh, Victor Radley. He's a Cloverly Croc, which is uh, uh, a Roosters junior, which is rare. And uh, where where I used to play him a touch footy on their home ground, I used to see him run around when he was 10, 12 years old, and you could always tell he was going to be something special. Probably uh, between Phil Blake and Greg Alexander, I couldn't go past uh, one of them. They were just absolute magicians of the ball. And uh, for guys who aren't old enough to, to know who, who they are or what they did, just uh, uh, get on the YouTube and, and punch their names in Phil Blake and Greg Alexander because they could just make tries out of anything and would be superstars uh, in any era. Yeah, absolutely. Look, thank you so much for your time, mate. This has been a, a real pleasure. I know it was a bit on... Uh, you know, I, I hit you up last week and you've come through with the goods. We really appreciate it here. Uh, thanks again for your time, mate. My pleasure, guys. Is, is there anything you want to plug before you go, though? Yeah, tell your, tell your followers uh, to get on to, uh, if they're not already on Twitter, uh, at uh, nine underscore moly. Uh, is my Twitter handle. I'm uh, always looking for more followers, so uh, I can guarantee you a few scoops, a few laughs, uh, a few uh, bangings, bangings of the, the bunker and the refs, and uh, just basically a bit of bit of good old fashioned fun. I'm here for the kabooms, mate. Yeah, we're here for it, mate. Cheers, Molly. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, mate.